It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. Excited to be in here and have a lot to talk about, shocker I know, uh, about sports and uh, and some things that are, that are in preparation for what is to be a return to sports. Uh, an exciting time uh, that we didn't really know we were we were to be excited about, but a lot of things are still to be had. There's still a lot of hurdles to be to be overcome. But I think as you look ahead, uh, basketball has a plan. Uh, I think baseball kicking and screaming and and beating their heads against the wall will have a plan to get back into action. Uh, I think college football after yesterday, Vanderbilt. Uh, announces that they will have students on campus, which achieves all 14 Southeastern Conference schools will have students on campus. Therefore, um, in 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 a thought, football will be uh, going on at some capacity in the Southeastern Conference. So all all that's good news. Uh, I think the NFL is is rolling right along as if they're going to start on time. Uh, not a ton of news out of those guys, but. Uh, this is usually a low time for the uh, NFL in in a hole, but but basically there there's been several and, and there's well more than what we'll talk about today, but there's been several opportunities for um, for schools, leagues, whatever you would want to call it, to to kind of take their own approach uh, to to this return to sports and the NBA is just the one I'm going to focus on today NBA and then there's an Ohio State article but uh, basically Tim Tim Bontemps uh, of ESPN released this article maybe two days ago Uh, but it said in a hundred plus page document sent to the players on Tuesday the NBA broke down virtually every detail of what life inside the league's campus at Walt Disney World in Florida would be like as they resume play just just a short month from now uh, from social distancing guidelines to activities players will be allowed to do in their time off all of this is detailed in this in this pamphlet if you will none of the information was more important than how they were going to handle positive tests because I think at any rate you, you the NBA maybe got hit with it first and foremost as we had some some Utah jazz players some other other team players. Um, hit the positive button early, and that's ultimately what, what stopped the season. But it said once someone tests positive for the virus in this Orlando Disney World uh, concept that they're going to play in in Orlando, and it says the protocol lays out several steps that they will have to go through. They will play be placed in isolation housing, which will be a house, hotel, or other facility that is different from, from the individual's previous hotel room at a location in which no individuals who have not tested positive are residing. They will be administered a second COVID-19 test as soon as possible to guard against the possibility of a false positive. If that second test comes back positive, 
the person will remain in isolation. If the second test comes back negative, a third test will be administered between 24 and 48 hours after the first one. And if that test also comes back negative, the person will be allowed to re-enter the NBA campus. Um, But if it comes back positive, the person will remain in isolation. So basically, you're going to get up to three tests, uh, max, max, uh, maxed out. So if you get a positive and then a negative, you still require a second negative to get to go back. But uh, likewise, if you get a negative and that third test comes back positive, it's uh, best two out of three in the series, you're back in, in the isolation house. It says once someone tests negative twice in a span more than 24 hours, they'll be allowed to leave isolation. However, uh, though players will not be forced to be quarantined after that, they will have to wait a two-week period either from the first positive test if the player remains asymptomatic uh, to pass undergoing a cardiac screening. Uh, that's according with the CDC's cardiac screening guidelines. So so there's going to have to be a two-week period regardless. Now, if you get sick, you get clean, you test negative, you test negative again, uh, rock and roll, I, I think, is the way they're, they're looking at that. But if you were to, to be asymptomatic, you test positive, test positive again, but yet you never get sick, then uh, they're going to give you a two-week window. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. It says the league will utilize video technology to help with contact tracing for any individual who tests positive. Uh, the NBA will designate as a close contact anyone who has been within six feet of the positive test person uh, for at least 15 minutes and anyone who had direct contact with uh, infectious secretions and excretions. That is in in quotations, uh, i.e. was coughed on. Uh, Those people will be tested also. Uh, The protocol for a positive test is one of many things covered in the document with the National Basketball Players Association. Uh, That's what they got summarized in a memo uh, early Tuesday. Uh, the players have until June 24 to inform their respective teams whether they plan to participate in the NBA's return to play plan uh, at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, the league and union have agreed that any player who chooses not to play in the restarted season will have his compensation reduced by one 192.6 for each game missed, up to the cap of 14 games. That calculation comes from the formula used if the league were to enact forced measure uh, on the players. It also says that there won't be further pay reductions if a player chooses not to play. So you're going to lose 14 games worth of pay, looks like, uh, regardless if you choose not to play. So that that's you know kind of up to the respective teams. It says all those players who choose not to go to Orlando will be docked pay. The memo explains that exception will be made for both protected and excused players. Protected players are those believed to be at higher risk for severe illness in in light of COVID-19. Players who receive that designation from their teams can opt out and not lose any salary. Uh, Players can get the excused label by having a panel of three medical experts determine that they have higher risk of severe illness from COVID-19. So looks like there's a way if, if you're just staunchly against it from a health standpoint, uh, you can get that excused or protected uh, label. Any player who wishes to be listed as excused must notify both the team and the union by June the 25th. It says the protocol says that any team or staff member 
uh, who's deemed able to participate but chooses not to will be allowed to know to not go. Uh, where that person will be paid for the time not spent in Orlando will be determined by his team, uh, but ultimately uh, there will be no league penalties. Uh, everyone who arrives on the NBA campus, including players, staff, player guests, will have to certify in writing that they will adhere to all pre-arrival protocols and all league rules uh, while in attendance. Teams must inform the NBA of any potential violations of said protocol, and uh, and and the the staff members in league will handle discipline from there. So <laughs> this is a, I mean, this is full blown like Big Brother on a sports level. Uh, you know, you're going to be under camera surveillance. Uh, you're going to be in this isolated event. You're going to have all these amenities, but we're watching you. Uh, the league will establish an anonymous hotline for campus participants to report any potential or actual violations. The discipline for a player for violating the rules will range from a fine to a suspension to removal from campus. I.e. Big Brother. <laughs> this is this is going to be awesome. It's going to be like Survivor. See if anybody's torch gets gets extinguished this week. It says each team will be allowed to have a travel party of 37 people inside the NBA campus. That will be 35 people made up of 15 to 17 players, 18 to 20 support staff members, plus a public relations official and a content creator. Now, that's a job I want. Content creator. Teams will be able to share medical staff, PR staff, equipment attendants, and mental health professionals. So they, they've got those those amenities uh, lined out there. Teams are encouraged to bring a mental health professional. Uh, it, it can be the team's clinician. Uh, with their travel party, if they choose not to, teams must make telehealth appointments available, uh, particularly if any player experiences increased feelings of anxiety or stress upon transitioning to campus living and being away from household family members. Uh, as teams advance in the playoffs, they will be allowed to add and swap out members of the travel party. Uh, teams can add two staffers after advanced, advancing past the first round of the playoffs and two more after the conference semis. Uh, this is something multiple coaches push the league to adopt, the sources told ESPN. Once the team arrives in Orlando, any player who leaves the NBA campus without prior approval will be uh, required to go through a process upon reentry, including uh, enhanced testing, uh, this in, in quotations, including the deep nasal swab test, so it's a little bit of fear factor, and then a 10- to 14-day self-quarantine period. A reduction in compensation for any games in which he is unable to play as a result of his absence from campus and the self-quarantine. This will fall under the same guideline as the uh, the percentage of, of, of pay reduction, uh, not to exceed 14 games. Uh, so whew, they've got it all figured out. I'm trying to, trying to chop this up, but uh, it's really good information because this is one of those – Okay, you come to a you come to a point. You can go left or right. Here's how you do left. Here's how you do right. You go down that road. Here, come to a left and a right. Here's how you handle those two. They they've really kind of walked down paths of of failure. They've walked down paths of of escalation into the playoffs, uh, and then how to handle uh, said things regardless. Uh, no one will be stopped from leaving the campus. It says, however, uh, the expectation is the player and staff not to leave. Uh, unless it's extenuating circumstances. Those items include the need to receive team-directed medical care off campus, birth of a child, 
documented severe illness or death in the family or a previously scheduled family wedding. It says if a player is approved to leave, he will quarantine upon return to campus for four days if either of the following has occurred. He has gone fewer than seven days, and during each day off campus, he is tested for COVID-19, and the results are negative, or he leaves for an extended absence and undergoes a daily COVID-19 test that comes back negative for at least the seven days before he arrived back on campus. Those are the things that can get you directly back to uh, to campus. But uh, some amenities that they're going to have, and I think I think this is pretty funny uh, because if you look at it, uh, there's a there's a lot of things like amenity wise that you're just like, oh, well, I didn't really understand um, that they needed that, but you know it's good that they're going to have that. So. Basically, uh, a separate handbook was sent out that that basically itemized the the players and and what was able to be to be had from a m- amenity standpoint. They're going to be staying at three of the the better I don't want to say better, but the the more high uh, high uh, high brow, if you will, uh, Disney World resorts: the Grand Destino Tower, the Coronado Springs Resort, and the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa, and the Yacht Club. Resort. Other highlights from the document says athletes will have access to a players-only lounge that includes TVs, arcade gaming, access to NBA 2K video game, and ping pong. I feel like that's the that was the hanging chad right there. That was what hung the the jury on this thing, whether it was going to work or not. It's like okay, TVs, arcade games, 2K, and that fourth one's out there. Where's ping pong? Okay, we got ping pong. A 24-hour VIP concierge will be available to players. The handbook says daily entertainment made available could include movie screenings and DJ sets. So maybe a campus DJ. I feel like that's another good gig. Uh, Each team will have a dedicated Disney culinary team to create individual team menus, support team dietary needs, and ensure health and safety guidelines are followed. How much money is Disney making off this? Players will get three freshly prepared meals a day and four meals a day on game days. The handbook says team-sponsored outings such as privatized restaurants, boating, bowling, fishing, and golf will be available. Uh, Players will have access to virtual chaplain services, yoga and meditation, virtual mind health sessions, and mental health services. Uh, other in- amenities include barbers, manicurists, pedicurists, hair braiders, by appointment only. Uh, the protocol uh, lays out six phases of participation that players, coaches, and staff will go through between now and October the 13th, the last possible the day the NBA Finals could be played. Uh, phase one goes from now through Monday, which includes getting everybody, yes, I'm coming, no, I'm not. And, and then you move you move forward from there. Uh, the June 22nd for players returning from each of the place does not apply to the Toronto Raptors who are going to convene at Florida Gulf Coast University. Uh, anyone who travels to Florida from Toronto would have would have been subject to a 14-day self-quarantine before being able to begin team activity. So they're gonna they're gonna kind of tweak that uh, for Toronto being that they're outside of the country. Uh, phase two will begin June the 23rd. 
Uh, that's when they'll have some tests and, and, and different things to get everybody lined up. And then phase three, uh, which will be July 1st through the 11th, mandatory individual workouts at your, at your team facilities, again, uh, on campus. Uh, phase four will, will go into two parts uh, where people will travel and get to campus, get to the, the Walt Disney World Resort. Um, and then uh, phase five, I'm trying to trying to get, where did it go? Oh, phase five, teams will play three scrimmages against other teams in the same hotel. And then phase six is the, covers the time teams will be playing in seeding and playoff games. Once teams are eliminated, players will be required to pass a COVID-19 test uh, before their scheduled departure. So uh, looks like even the return to their, their normal, their society, their communities, uh, the NBA wants um, – We'll, we'll want to uh, send them back in a, in a clean manner. But the NBA also uh, has a uh, – any guest will have to do the following uh, for their time in Orlando. Self-quarantine for a week before traveling to Orlando. Uh, quarantine and be tested at least every other day for three days in either the team's home market or outside the NBA's campus in Orlando before getting in and then quarantine and be tested every day for four days once arriving inside campus. Any guest who leaves the campus won't be allowed to return. <laughs> wow. You talk about the rich getting richer and, the, and, and test prices going up. Uh, you, tell me, you tell me that little uh, – that test isn't going to be free. Uh, I'll put that out there. Uh, you have to have tests for four days. You have to do all this. And then at the bottom of this article – it says ESPN is owned by the Walt Disney Company. So <laughs> that doesn't shock me at all. So the NBA, uh, again, very much like the NHL, uh, very much like hopefully what, what football is going to be in the fall. Uh, not only do they say this is what we know, this is how the game's played, this is how we're going to do game days, they're looking at it from all different angles like, this is how, if you leave, this is what happens. If you stay, this is what happens. If you lose and you have to go back home, this is how it happens. I like the, the detail. Uh, I like that they've taken the time to understand, you know, what players need, what players want. And I think they've, they've worked together with the Players Association. I think Major League Baseball could watch and, and learn a little bit from this. But what is interesting is this is, this is theory, right? I think – now we're we're looking at at getting excuse me getting players on on campus if you will uh, in that late July timing and then what and then what happens from there you know I think I, I think anytime you 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 get July twenty second all the way to October that's a long time I think it'll be fine for the first couple of weeks I think people will be all right but how people get in how people get out what you know how many positive tests is too much before they lock this thing down again um i think it's i think it's a conversation that's going to kind of be ebb and flow i think as as it moves along uh things will change and things will transition but uh love the detail that that the nba's brought out whether it's the best plan or not i think i think at this point we understand that I don't, I don't, I don't know that we're ever gonna have in today's social media and today's opinionated world. I don't think we're ever gonna have a plan that rolls out that you go, you know what? 
I like everything about that. There's always going to be somebody, and I'm sure you could listen to 10 different outlets, you'll hear 10 different opinions. But my opinion is, is that it's something. And it, it's, it's careful, it's calculated, it's multiple tests before we just say, yeah, he passed. There's a lot more to be had about that. Uh, but maybe we've got a maybe we've got a little opinion. Let's jump to the phone lines. Hey, you're on the grind. Hello. Hey, you're on the grind. Yes, uh, I was meaning to speak to somebody about uh, uh, airtime for Sundays. Okay, we would uh, we would need to 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 contact the office. I can. Uh, uh, I can put you in contact with with her. Uh, that's Miss Johnny. This is actually a live radio show uh, every okay. every Monday through Friday. But uh, anyway, uh, that'd be great uh, to get you some okay. airtime on Sundays. But uh, let me get you Miss Johnny's. Let me get you Miss Johnny's contact. Actually, do you have a number I can uh, I can text it to you? Uh, that's probably fine. Uh, you said we're live right now. I'll yeah. Just, uh, Actually, maybe maybe best to stop by the station. Uh, do you have any time? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I appreciate Thank it, you. man. Thank you. Bye. Well, equal opportunity, full service here at WKVL. So, <laughs> trying to get him some information on how to get some airtime. Uh, we'll see if we can't work that out. Should I ask him about what he thought about the NBA uh, as we uh, as we got there? But hey. Nonetheless, if you do have an opinion, give us a call, 865-983-4310. Again, that's 865-983-4310. We, we're going to take a break, uh, regroup a little bit, and uh, come back and talk about the, the NCAA College Football Hall of Fame. Announced their 2021 ballot yesterday. Twelve members will make the list, but three volunteers are up for voting we'll talk about who those three guys are why they're they're winners in our book and uh and who they are competing against to make that 12 team or 12 person uh inductee ballot we'll talk about that on the flip you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m and streaming at wkbl.com we'll be right back you don't want to miss it Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948. Or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. This is the year to rock your swimming pool with Rule King, your source for pool supplies at the lowest prices every day. Aquamate Pool Shock is great for giving your pool a quick chlorine boost to help balance your pool chemistry, and it's just $2.59 for a one-pound bag. Once balanced, maintain the chlorine with Aquamate 3-inch giant pool tablets. Pick up 24 and a half pounds for just $57.99. Check out all the pool supplies at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. 
Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blount County Community Food Connection. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? iguanifarmsgolf.com 970-7132 Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything the Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. As we uh, as we had a phone call there earlier in the show, uh, gentlemen, if you're still listening, um, phone number for the station, 865-724-1100. Again, 865-724-1100. Also, you can email at info at wkvl.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at wkvl.com. Dot com. So I uh, didn't want to leave him hanging. And if you need contact about airtime, uh, that's the number you can call uh, if you have an idea for a show here or need some airtime, as he was saying on Sundays, uh, for what we, we do here at the station. Uh, but um, 
I swear, I swear, Apple watches are like the best thing and the worst thing, all in the same, all in the same breath. But the reason I say that is, is when it buzzes on your wrist, you can't not look at it. It's one of those things. So anyway, uh, 2021 NFF College Football Hall of Fame ballot was released uh, there yesterday. Irving, Texas is where it came out of, and and basically three former Vols are listed in in the release. Tennessee legends Willie Galt, 79-82, Bobby Majors, 69-71, and Al Wilson, 1995-98, were announced on that Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, The 2021 list includes 78 players, seven coaches from the football subdivision, and 99 players and 33 coaches from the divisional ranks. The ballot was emailed today to more than that was uh, actually yesterday, was emailed yesterday uh, to more than 12,000 NFF members and current Hall of Famers who vote, who votes will be tabulated and submitted to the honors court, which will deliberate and select the class. The announcement of that 2021 Hall of Fame class will be made in early 21, uh, with specific details to be announced in the future. Again, things are a little bit un, uh, under the weather as uh, as we move forward, but it says a total of 24 volunteers have been inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame, including Peyton Manning most recently in 2017, but uh, looking to add more into that list. Johnny Majors is in there. Uh, Philip Fulmer's in there. Uh, the General Neeland is in there. Uh, but the three Vols that are on the ballot this year, uh, Willie Galt, you know, you talk about Willie Galt and, and, and my favorite John Ward, one of the, my favorite John Ward, uh, quotes or or you know little snippets is is when he he's talking about Willie Galt and he's in Nashville and we're playing Vandy and he just rips away from a defender you know shocker it's kind of what he did uh, but he said Willie Galt ladies and gentlemen is running all the way to the state capitol and I'm just like what better way you're in Nashville you don't get to say that very much but there he goes. And Galt was one of the fastest receivers in history at the time of his uh, his appearance in Knoxville. He earned first-team All-American honors his 1982 senior season after hauling in a 50-reception, 668-career mark. Uh, Willie Galt, also a hurdler and sprinter for Tennessee, finished his career with the Vols holding 12 school records in football and three school records in track and field. Uh, half of his football records were SEC records also, but he had more total yards and kickoff returns and in, than in receiving. He had 1,854 return yards and just 1,482 receiving yards. Returned five kickoffs for touchdowns in his career, and he averaged 16.4 yards each time he touched the football. As a sophomore in 1980, he tied the then NCAA record for most touchdowns by kick return in a single season with three, Galt led UT to three bowl game appearances before going on to an 11-year career in the NFL, also a member of the 1985 Bears, the, uh, the Super Bowl Shuffle Bears, the, the, uh, the 46 Defense Bears, uh, that title squad that won Super Bowl twenty, catching four passes for 129 yards in the Super Bowl. So a, a pretty decorated wide receiver from Tennessee and one that you'll remember. Because Willie Galt, number twenty-six. I mean, it just it, it rolled off the tongue well. He was he was on the same team with uh, with, with the Reggie White. He was he was one that you just look at it and you're going, 
there's there's thunder and lightning. I mean, you know, if you if you can't if you can handle Willie and get him off the field, you got to see Reggie. And if you get Reggie off the field, here comes Willie. I just feel like that was a that was a tough sledding if he was on the other side of the field. Bobby Majors, a DB return specialist from '69 to '71, uh, a standout defensive back for UT in those three years, uh, was named a first team All SEC performer twice and earned unanimous first-team All-American honors in 1971. A native of Sewanee, Tennessee, uh, Majors set the school record for interceptions in a single season and leading the Southeastern Conference with 10 in 1970. Majors was a dangerous return man as he holds numerous Tennessee records for punt and kick returns. His 117 punt returns 1,163 yards and four punt returns for a touchdown, all still ranked first all-time at Tennessee. Majors led the Vols to wins in the 1971 Sugar Bowl and the 1972 Liberty Bowl before being selected in the third round of the 1972 NFL Draft by the then Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, again, Bobby Majors in the Majors family. Uh, Again, Johnny just passed a couple, uh, maybe one week ago. It seems like it's been so much longer, but um, maybe one week ago, and now Bobby Majors uh, has the opportunity to be on the ballot uh, for the the College Football uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, Well-deserved and, and, and a nice addition uh, to that list. And then uh, probably my uh, my favorite on this list, and, and it's a bias that, that is because uh, he was kind of in my era. He was, he was in my time where I really dug into Tennessee football, where I really picked it up. And, and you know, honestly – uh, all linebackers at Tennessee are gauged to this guy for me. Some people would say, you know, Dale Jones. Some people would say Connor. Some people would say DeLong. A lot of people would go a lot of different ways when they say, oh, that's that's a, that's how that's how you gauge a linebacker. That's a linebacker. Well, to me, none get compared more than than to Al Wilson, uh, one of the greatest leaders probably in Tennessee history. Wilson played linebacker, captain on UT's 98 National Championship team, the inaugural BCS National Champions. Uh, Wilson was the Vols' only All-American on the 98 National Championship team, earning a consensus first-team honor. Uh, The Jackson, Tennessee native ranked third on the team in tackles that year with 77, despite missing three games uh, due to a shoulder injury. His highlight was a 12-tackle performance against Florida, in which he set a school record with three forced fumbles. Wilson also helped leap the Vols to four straight AP top 10 finishes and back-to-back SEC championships in 97 and 98. He was a two-time first-team All-SEC pick as well as a finalist for the Nagurski Trophy and a semifinalist for the the Butkus Award as a senior in 98. Uh, Wilson was selected in the first round of the NFL draft by the Denver Broncos in 99 and went on to have a stellar pro career, making five Pro Bowls and earning All-Pro honors twice in his eight-year career. And if you see him come back to Knoxville today, he's not the he's not as big as he was in 98, but he's still got that fire. He's still got that look that uh, that you take him to the locker room and the team comes out better. So uh, I, I I don't know. Like this to me, this is a no-brainer. I think outside of my orange glasses, maybe there's there's some some room for. Uh, debate but uh to me 95 to 98 linebacker al wilson uh, it doesn't get much better than that so those are the three balls that are on the docket uh in this 2021 voting uh for who's going to be those 12 that get sent to the committee uh willie galt 
Bobby Majors, and the Al Wilson. Looking a little bit at the list of who's on who's on the ballot. I mean, you know, you kind of look and, and I'm like, okay, so what are names that I know that are that are on this ballot that that are that are just SEC players or what have you? And we'll go through some of the lists. So Champ Bailey, Georgia, is on the list. Uh, Tim Couch, Kentucky, on the list. Jack Del Rio for his playing time at USC is on the ballot. Ken Dorsey from Miami of Florida. Uh, DJ Dozier uh, from Penn State. Uh, is on the list. Uh, Kevin Falk, LSU, is on the list. Tony Franklin, Texas A&M. Dwight Freeney, Syracuse, is on the list. Again, uh, Bob Golick, Notre Dame, 76-79. Tony Gonzalez, uh, the Tony Gonzalez tied in, uh, is on the list. Dan Hampton, Arkansas. Uh, you look at uh, Josh Heupel uh, from Oklahoma. Marvin Harrison uh, from Syracuse. His time at Syracuse is being... Uh, addressed here. Um, Sebastian Janikowski, Florida State, is on the list. Marvin Jones, Florida State. Uh, James Laurinaitis, uh, Ohio State, maybe one of the bigger, bigger, uh, one of the more memorable names in, in college football that I remember just because uh, to me it seemed like a battle of Troy every time he stepped out there. I'm like, well, Laurinaitis is out there. Uh, Antonio, Antonio Langham uh, from Alabama, 90 to 93. Uh, national championship there. Ray Lewis, Miami. Uh, Ed McCaffrey, Stanford. Uh, scrolling on down through here. Uh, Carson Palmer, USC. Julius Peppers, North Carolina. Simeon Rice, uh, Illinois. Antoine Randall L., Indiana. Ron Rivera, California. Just talk about some of these names. I mean, you know them for a lot of different things now, coaching and, and what have you. But a lot of these guys are getting getting thought about uh, for induction into the College Football Hall of Fame. C.J. Spiller, Clemson. Darren Sproles, Kansas State. thought that's a little early entry for C.J. Uh, Chris Ward, Ohio State. Roy Williams, Oklahoma. And uh, and looks like those are the names uh, that I remember uh, right off the top uh, of that list. I mean, you look at it, that's 78 guys uh, to be listed uh, for a, a list that will go to 12. Uh, we'll see how exactly – uh, that shakes out the coaches that are that are up for induction. Larry Blankenly, Blankenly from Troy, Jim Carlin, uh, Pete Cawthon Sr., Billy Jack Murphy uh, from Memphis, uh, Gary Pinkle, Toledo and Missouri, Daryl Rogers. Uh, he coached a lot in the state of California, and then also Michigan State and Arizona State, and then Bob Stoops, 1999 to 2016 so probably the headliner in that coaching category uh bob stoops gary pinkle um but uh, a 78 group uh of of coaches that's got to be tweened down to a list of 12 a, a little side note a little tennessee move here uh there is one person on this list if i can get down here uh to the to the divisional round uh that that is local it's a middle tennessee guy and and probably who the murphy center is named after uh, let me get down here. I, I finally made it to here. Uh, actually, Don Griffin is on the list uh, from Middle Tennessee State. And then if I can get – where did it go? I, I had it there just earlier. Yeah, here it is. Um, Charles Murphy. I would assume that's who the Murphy Center's uh, named after Middle Tennessee State. Uh, 1947 to 60, 1968, he was 155-63-8, and eight, uh, more than 70% winning percentage so that's pretty cool uh that some local 
local in the in the mid state is listed on here as well as the three former Vols. And, and you know, I sit here and I say, you know, what's the criteria uh, for for being on the ballot? And, and you know, I think a lot of it is 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 kind of questionable because you, you you don't know what the the criteria is, right? And, and you don't know really what what we've got to do uh, to to be on there. But basically. Uh, I like it because there was an article that put out that that really details what that looks like. Uh, first and foremost, a player has to be a first-team All-American. I think that that cuts a lot out, a lot of of extra or heartfelt decision uh, from from a university or what have you. Uh, a player becomes eligible uh, for consideration ten full seasons after his final year of intercollegiate football. So again, graduate '98, you're eligible in 2008. Uh, so that that's kind of that that window 10, 10 full seasons. Um, a football a member's football achievement are the prime considerations, but post football record as a citizen is also weighed. Uh, and then and then basically, if you've came back, got your degree, or if you've came back and you've done some things, given back or or what have you, a lot of that is also uh, considered. Uh, a coach becomes eligible three full seasons after retirement. Uh, or actually becomes actively eligible at age 75. You have to at least coach 10 years, at least 100 games, and have a minimum of a 60% winning uh, percentage. Nominations may only be submitted by current athletic directors, head coach, or sports information director of the potential candidate's collegiate institution. So between Philip Fulmer, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, and staff, uh, no, no surprise that you see Al Wilson on said list. But I, I love that the three guys are are, are three of seventy eight that, that get listed. Uh, I'd like to see uh, a couple of them at least uh, make it to the twelve. But I, I think once you 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 get on the list, you you can kind of work and, and get your get your your point across and get that path uh, to the Hall of Fame in there. So uh, I love what what Al Wilson did, and 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 to me. To me, he's it's it's been too long uh, for him to get there at this point uh, because what he did for that team when he got his shoulder injury, I remember the I think it was South Carolina game. He's on the sideline, one shoulder can't move, but the other one's going wild. I mean, he's got a towel, he's jumping up and down. Uh, they're they're more excited or scared to come see Al on the sideline than they ever were Philip Fulmer, John Chavis, whoever you want to whoever you want to name off that staff. So. Uh, I love what he brought to the table, what he continues to bring to the to the university when he comes back, uh, because he's still that guy. He's still you look over there and you go, "That's Dagdum Al Wilson." You you just you just know. I mean, there's a, there's a guy that if he could, he would suit up and do it for us one more time. So love Al Wilson, love Willie Galt, love Bobby Majors because all those guys have one thing in common: big time Tennessee big-time uh, future success after playing at Tennessee, and then ultimately uh, a, a lot of the, the guys uh, did did so uh, for their home state. Again, um, Will, Willie – let me look where Willie was from. Uh, I think Willie might not have been uh, from Tennessee, uh, but nonetheless Bobby Majors and uh, Al Wilson very much was from the state of Tennessee. So uh, representing your home state at your home university and now have the opportunity to be a Hall of Famer uh, from your from your, your home university. So I, I think you, you don't get much better than that. Willie Galt actually was born 
Now he was a Georgia boy. He was Griffin, Georgia, track star, uh, and then and then more more so for that. Uh, actually, still runs track. I think that's a side note to to just talk about. Uh, he played with the L.A. Raiders and the Chicago Bears for eleven seasons, and then at age fifty nine, uh, still runs track. Probably still faster than still faster than me. I don't know that that's something I'd put on your resume, but uh, it is something that he would be successful at. But uh, Willie Galt. Al Wilson and Bobby Majors listed at the 2021 Hall of Fame ballot. I'm going to vote for them. I think you should too. And again, we hope that uh, early 21 tells us that three future Hall of Famers will wear orange uh, in the Hall of Fame. We'll talk about that as that, that story unfolds. But let's take our last break of the day. Listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, 80 days. Until it's football time in Tennessee, 80 is a big number in the pro ranks as the greatest wide receiver in history, uh, arguably, uh, wears the war the number 80 will always be enshrined as number 80. We'll talk about that on the flip side of the break. 80 days till it's football time in Tennessee. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKBL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. At the Blood Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work, or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. This is Wayne, and let me start by saying thanks for listening, and I hope you like what we're grinding on today and what we like to call 
the fastest hour here in Blunt County, but we wanted to take a minute to let you know how you can join in, give your take on today's topics. You can give us a call, Grind Time Hotline, 865-983-4310. That's 865-983-4310. But if you don't have time or you're on that morning grind, give us a message on our website, thegrindonsports.com. You can drop a comment, leave a message, and we'll get your opinion on the air. I look forward to hearing from you. And as always, thanks for putting the grind on your mind. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores, thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM Stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts. We've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything the Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of The Grind. 80 days till it's football time in Tennessee, or as we call it, Billy Williams days until it's football time in Tennessee. The former Alcoa standout and Boone uh, coached athlete, Arid Alcoa, uh, is wore the number 80 for Tennessee and uh, will be Billy Williams days until it's football time in Tennessee. But other, other players uh, that wore the number 80 for the Vols, Eric Parker, uh, 97 to 2001 in four seasons at Tennessee Parker had 42 games catching 64 passes for 829 yards three touchdowns he also returned 107 punts for 930 yards and one score uh, most productive season was in 99 where he had 30 catches for 411 yards and returned 41 punts for near 400 additional yards including a 69 yard return for a touchdown against the Memphis Tigers that year. Uh, why I wore the number? Uh, Vic Dingus, uh, defensive end 67 through 69, says, I chose 80. He has a lengthy reason. 
Uh, he says, I chose 80 because it was previously worn by Bobby Frazier, who was an all-SEC defensive end, and my freshman coach. In those days, we had freshman teams. The number seemed simple, but whole in total. I tried to live up to the number and play with energy and power. Uh, the number was the first in the zero series. Not sure. And I strived to be the very best I could. My great thrill was to start in the Orange Bowl January 1st, 68, uh, on national TV. He said, we lost the game by a field goal, um, but I had a good game looking forward to my junior year. It says, when called out in practice or for any activity, I got to go first, uh, and that was good for me. I tried to make a positive impression. Uh, Rodney Root, though, however, he had a very short reason uh, in 1992 while he wore number 80. He said, I wear number 80 because of Hall of Fame receiver Jerry Rice. He said, playing wide receiver at wide receiver U and wearing number 80 uh, was an honor and a privilege. So, again, 80 days until it's football time in Tennessee, and those are just a few names of those that wore it for the Vols. Kenneth Pruitt uh, in 1947 through 50 were the first to wear it. Bob Cloninger. Uh, 51 through 3, Keith Drummond, 54, 55, Carl Hanna, 56, 57, Charles Severance, 58, David Duke, 59, Jack Watson, 1960, Glenn Gray, 63 through 5, Vic Dingus, 67 through 9, Doug Jarbo, um, 70 and 72, Charles Anderson in 73, Russ Neal in 1974, John Barron's 75 and 6, Mike Coffer, uh, 79, 81, uh, LaRon Brown, 83 and 4, Terry Scott, 1985, Kennard McGuire, uh, 1987, Anthony Morgan, 88 through 90, Rodney Ruth, 92, Billy Williams, 93 to 94, Alcoa product there, uh, Greg Kyler, 95, 96, Eric Parker, 97 through 01, Sudan Ellington, 2002, Omar Harris, 2003, Britton Colquitt, in 2004, Jeff Cottom, 06 through 09, Matt Milton in 2010, and then in 2011 and 12, Corey Miller and Dylan West uh, kind of shared uh, the the accolade. But uh, today's uh, number 80 for the Vols, actually I don't have that tab open, but uh, again, uh, number 80 is a huge number uh, when it comes to Tennessee as there's been uh, great players uh, to wear that number as well. Uh, yesterday, 81, we kind of ran out of time there at the end of 81. Uh, so I want to give a little bit of kudos uh, to guys like Randy Moss, um, guys like Terrell Owens, uh, guys like Shannon Sharp, uh, all those guys that uh, that are listed uh, in that, that realm that they wore it at some point. Uh, again, Randy Moss known for 84, uh, but also had some time uh, wearing 81. Uh, but uh, another guy that, that was listed at 81, uh, that that's probably more than more than reputable. Uh, Jackie Smith, 16 seasons out of Northwestern Louisiana. Uh, he was a 10th round pick that ended up being a really uh, talented wide receiver, competitor, etc. Was a five-time Pro Bowler, All NFL, two times, uh, more than uh, 40 catches in seven different seasons. But uh, nonetheless, uh, an 81 that we didn't have time. Uh, to discuss yesterday, so I wanted to go back and get some of that. But uh, number 80, again, is a number that that is so often uh, listed uh, for Jerry Rice, but also Chris Carter. Uh, he said, every minute that I stepped on that field from the time that I warmed up, I was trying to put on a show. Uh, he said, so they would be proud, and I could come from humble beginnings, and I just believed that when people pay their money, 
hard-earned money that they deserve a certain level of performance. I wish that uh, that was carried in uh, to today. Uh, out of Ohio State, a 6-3-202, Christopher Darren Carter was a fourth-round pick by the Philadelphia Eagles in the 87 supplemental draft. Uh, proved to be a 16-season durable wide receiver uh, and played in a full 16 games, 13 of those 16 seasons, re- recording eight straight 1,000-yard seasons, 70-plus passes in 10 different seasons, scored 130 career touchdowns, and had 1,101 career receptions, uh, both second most ever uh, at the time of his retirement. Selected to eight different Pro Bowls and named to the NFL's all-decade team of the 90s. Uh, that would be Mr. Chris Cotta, uh, class of 2013 enshrinement in Canton. Uh, the next one uh, for number 80 would be – let's just go to Jerry Rice. Why not? Uh, Jerry Rice, as we, we have about three minutes to go, probably where we're going to finish today's show, as Jerry Rice, arguably and maybe not so much, uh, the greatest wide receiver in NFL history, number 80 is where he gets enshrined at in, in 2010. But it says, I do things uh, – I don't think I'm such a natural. I think what I'm doing is very hard work. I work hard to keep in shape. I work hard on the practice field. I work hard in a game. He said, corners are the best athletes on the team. They wouldn't be out there if they weren't, and those are the guys I have to beat. It's not always easy. Uh, That was his enshrinement speech. Uh, Jerry Ross played 20 seasons out of Mississippi Valley State, 6'2", 200 pounds, selected by the 49ers in the first round, 16th overall player in 1985, set NFL record with 22 touchdown receptions in 1987 and led the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns six different times. Recorded 1,848 yards receiving in 95 and owns virtually every significant receiving mark, including receptions at 1,549, receiving yards 22,895, most 1,000-yard receiving seasons at 14, and had a record 208 total touchdowns 23,546 combined net yards, Super Bowl 23 MVP, first-team All-Pro 11 different seasons, 13 Pro Bowls from Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, Jerry Rice, 20 seasons in the NFL, enshrined in Canton in 2010. And uh, just quite frankly, often seasons are imitated, but careers have not yet been duplicated. Jerry Rice, greatest wide receiver in NFL history. I don't think it's even close. And uh, Jerry Rice, number 80, 80 days till it's football time in Tennessee, and ultimately just uh, just what a man to talk about, what what a guy uh, to kind of bring in here. But uh, right here at the tail end, 80 as a year, who were your champions? Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers won over the L.A. Rams 31-19 in the Rose Bowl for the Super Bowl uh, 14 championship. Sugar Bowl, the t- Crimson Tide of Alabama, uh, won 24-9 over the Arkansas Razorbacks to get the college football national championship. And the New Orleans Saints became the NFL's first ever 1-15 franchise. Uh, that's about the, uh, the record you don't want, but that's where it sits. The World Series was won by the Philadelphia Phillies, ending a 97-year frustration after beating the Kansas City Royals. So that's where that shook out and the LA Lakers were your NBA champs. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care. 
Be safe. And yes, grind on. See you tomorrow.